Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Self Mastery Podcast. I am Rah- your post, your your host, Rahim, and with me I have uh, Aaron. Uh, good morning, Aaron, and how are you? And welcome again. Good morning, thank you, and, and I'm super excited for another episode. Nice, we're very excited uh, to be doing that. Me myself. Uh, so this episode we're talking about the third chapter in your book self-actualization right yes exactly okay i read the chapter and uh, for me it's it's um, it seems like it's it's talking about how we are as human being and how we are getting into that personality that in that you've described as the the individuation right Yes, and exactly, yeah. and th- that's actually part of the process of the of the of the whole cycle to become uh, your own universe or to become like enlightened or whatever you would call it, right? Exactly, yeah. It's it's if you look at it like if you zoom out and you look at it from a bigger perspective, we come from everything. There's like an energy force and energy field we spoke about it in the last chapter right this this fabric of space time einstein calls it and we we come into this physical world as a human being and the idea is is the full cycle is okay so we come from this place that i call the superconscious. we come into the physical world uh we become an individual and then the game like i call life a game and i love looking at life like this like and the idea of a game is to have fun right and and within every game, there's different rules and there's players and, and there's ways to win, there's ways to lose. So life is a game. And the way that I like to view it is that the objective and the way to win at life is to remember who you are. That's like the ultimate win, because the deeper truth is, is we are not an individual. Like we spoke about in the last episode where we are connected to everything and everyone. And the process of individual individuation is by definition is the development of an individual from the universe or the universal. So what happens is, is we go through this process of learning to be and learning to survive by becoming someone or something. And as that individual, of course, that creates a set of personalities. I like to refer to it as an identity. And an identity, it, it can be your name, like Rahim is an identity, Aaron is an identity, the coach is an identity, uh, the teacher can be an identity. We have many, you know, the husband, the wife, the, the dad, the, the mother, these are all different identities. And we get so attached to those identities that that's who we think we are. And that's, we get so bound to it that we operate in life as an individual and the challenge in that is as an individual, it means that there's opposing forces. So as an individual, not only do we perceive as opposing forces that hold us back, but as an individual, we also have our own limitations. And the idea is, as a superconscious being, there are no limitations. As an individual, there are limitations. One plays a self-sabotage game where it's uh, a struggle. And the other one plays a creative game where we can just live in a state of flow and enjoy life and that's that's the premise of this chapter is like let's dive into that let's understand the principles a little bit more so that you can shift from one way of living into another way of living and um, this individuation process is a necessary process that everybody has to pass by 
in order to reach the superconscious, right? Yeah, because for you to experience, and this and this is <laughs> this is like the paradoxical truth, because the individuation process, in a way, it's a messy game, and it's not fun. I mean, if you observe a child growing up. And you can see the, the the challenges they have because they don't understand their emotions. They feel sadness and they feel frustrations when they can't communicate. They, they experience moments of joy and happiness. But these are all emotional experiences in the body. And it can be really frustrating because we don't understand it. So we go through this experience. And in on one side of the game, it can be a really challenging experience. And of course, there's as we become an individual, the idea of creating a self-based identity means that naturally the mind focuses on self. So as, it, as I talk about in the chapter, uh, a good example of this is let's say that um, your, let's say your mom, for example, she's, she's often quite upset or you, you observe that she's sad and, you know, she's trying to be happy around you. And you can clearly see, even as a child, you might not understand it, but, but you can observe her being sad. And we, because we're creating our self-based identity, we're learning who and how to be as an individual, we focus on ourselves. So we come up with conclusions based on ourselves. So like the idea of, oh, mum must be sad because I'm not behaving well enough or mum must be sad because she's not happy with me and who I am. So we come up with ideas and reasons to try and understand our environment because that's what the mind does. It has to understand the environment to keep us safe. So we're always trying to understand the environment, trying to understand how and why life is, but we're also perceiving ultimately in a selfish way because it's a self-based thinking that we're not aware of. So then we come up with these ideas of I'm not good enough or it's because of me. So this process can be challenging. And I think everyone listening to this, this episode will, will agree that we all have moments of uncertainty in self, moments where we don't feel good enough, moments where we maybe feel a bit stupid, not, not as intelligent as other people. And it's because at some point we've taught ourselves unknowingly by coming up with conclusions of what's happening in our environment and around us based on ourselves. So this individuation process can be, um, it can be not a nice experience at times, but, but the beauty of it, if we flip it on its head, the beauty of it is you can only really experience the deep joy and the beauty of life if you've experienced the flip side. For example, you know, I broke my back. I was paralyzed and I had four months where I had no feeling in my legs and the fear, the, the idea of never walking again, it was so deep, as you can imagine, that the experience of walking now, it brings me deep joy, like a genuine deep joy every single day. And I can only experience the true, true joy of that because I've experienced the other side of it. And that's, and that's the game. That's the game of life. The individuation process, it's a messy game. It's not a fun game at times. It's, it can be isolating. We isolate ourselves within ourselves. But the beauty of that is when you come on the other side of it and you understand the process, you see it for what it is. And then you, you realize that actually I'm not this identity. It's just part of who I've learned to be through my experience of life. It's something that I carry, but it's not me. And when you can understand that and you start to get on the other side of it, like I'm not good enough, experiencing a deep sense of um, feeling self-worth is such a beautiful experience when you felt not good enough for years. Experiencing a deep sense of connection with yourself and then, of course, with others is such a beautiful and wonderful experience if you felt isolated 
felt lonely for years and that's that's the game and and the objective of the game of life i believe like the the true winning of life is to get beyond the individuation process and understand that you are a creative life force and experience the depth of life and that's kind of that's the cycle i see okay and you want to before we dive more into that is there like a, a word that you would like to because usually we start with the definition of a word this time we we kind of skipped it but do you have a word this time that you want to define for us i do yeah and I, i was thinking about this um and i was like what word is the right word for this episode and i decided the word love and the reason i decided the word love is for two reasons because without sounding too woo-woo, uh, too wishy-washy, the truth is, is we are love. And that's, that's the deeper truth. We're this, we're this like universal energy that is love. Um, and so I thought it was very fitting. And also most people desire love. We desire love with others, with ourselves, And you cannot have something if you do not understand it, if you can't define it. So I thought I would share the definition of love in the hope that more people can experience it. Um, so, The definition of love, the, that highest quality of spiritual recognition that observes and respects, admires and validates those spiritual qualities, assets, and capabilities of another or others and oneself as spiritual beings. And just, just to break that down, what that means is, is, is love is the quality and ability to see past people's identities, see past people's behaviors, uh and words and actions sometimes to see the true them and and to be able to love them beyond their actions and that's that's a quality and ability uh thus comes about an enhancement of quality aspect assets prosperity and happiness of each being love requires closeness to total love is defined as being at one with love is the degree of closeness warmth and at oneness with the correct and precise spirit knowledge game perception intention vision plan who's what's where's when's why's and how's and what that means is is love is when we experience the truth of life uh we get close to the truth the truth is um you know the truth is there's so much joy and abundance around us for example when we get close to that we experience this warmth and that's really what love is so it's a closeness to and it can be a closeness to nature it can be a closeness to other people it can be a closeness to ourselves That's kind of like just loving everybody for who they are. And even if they do, like if their behaviors are at fault, you just like look beyond that and just love them, which is basis, the basis of mostly every religion, not very well implied, applied, but like, uh, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I agree. Exactly. So, so do you manage to do that? Do you manage to love everybody and look beyond their <laughs> thing? I think it's a very difficult one to do, huh? It depends what's happened in my life. Depends <laughs> <laughs> on you know, it's some, sometimes, you know, and this is, again, this is the game, you know, as a processor and as a coach, I have this ability to, to be this loving presence and not judge because I can see sometimes the way that people behave, what they say, if it's directed at me or if it's not, sometimes I can see that that's not who they are. It's just an experience and it's also just a projection of their own pain in that moment. So it's not personal. It's, it's not, even if they say something personal to me, I know it's not personal. Actually, it's something about themselves that, that, that is pain and they're projecting onto me. So there's moments when it's really like beautiful because even in the midst of some, you know, some frustration or 
something is something happening. I can be a loving presence. You know, truthfully, there's times when I'm triggered and I've really struggled with that. And I think, again, that's part of being human. So, um, you know, that's the goal is to be able to be more love and less triggered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sometimes also you come across some people who have like power and some things and they really, really abuse it. And you see that this is causing like so much pain. And for me, it's a bit of a struggle how to, I mean, how to look behind these people and 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 the the problem and the pain and the stuff they're causing and just like love them anyway i feel like yeah. i know that it's the right thing in a way but like i also feel that if you do it like that and and you submit to that like and you don't try to fight it you're kind of uh, letting down other people you know or letting down other entities so it's a bit of a dilemma for me absolutely you know Something that I've learned to do, and I'm still learning is, is the truth. I haven't mastered it. I'm getting better is I know that if I'm, if I'm highly charged, which is, you know, highly emotional, whatever the emotion is, then it's not a good time to, to react. Because if it's a reaction, it's automatic. Then it's coming from that identity-based place, that individual place. If it's a conscious response, then it's usually coming from a place of creation, super conscious. You know, so one of the things I'll do, like if I'm triggered and, and I know like my mind is saying, you know, better Aaron, you should be a loving presence. And then my emotional, my body is going, <laughs> you know, I just take myself out. I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to just be out of this situation. And sometimes it would, it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes a few days. Um, and, and that's how I manage it is like, if I know that I'm not going to respond well, I just remove myself. And I think, you know, that works for me at the moment. Um, maybe one day we'll get to a point where we're never triggered. I don't know, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> also, in, in the chapter, you spoke a little bit. You gave a few examples that were very, very interesting about how this individuation process uh, that we can use some things that will look very positive in a way. And by doing these things, we are actually doing it in a negative way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, it's a really interesting concept. This because, the, and this is the power of the mind. This is the power of identities. And I think people, anyone listening, really needs to understand the power of an identity. When we create an identity, we mold and condition, or life molds and conditions this part of us. It's very, very powerful. And of course, it speaks to us through the little voice. We all have a little voice. We all have thoughts, and and it's difficult to separate who we really are from that voice. So. What happens is, is let me take an example. I do not belong. That's one of the biggest, most common like beliefs that, that many of us suffer with is I don't belong here. So we have this deep sense of, or desire to belong. So what we do is then we create, okay. And this is sometimes a conscious process, sometimes not. So we create an idea. Okay. So how can I experience more belonging? So you go out and you create a community. Let's say you create a, a community community could be a coaching group it could be a football team it could it could be anything but you go out and create a community and it can be perceived as a very good and empowering thing because it is it really is creating a coaching community or a football team for children could be an amazing thing but it could also be driven by the identity now what's what's really important to understand here is that identity let's say it's the i do not belong identity it's always going to reject anything that is the opposite so a sense of belonging in this case. So what happens is, is you desire a sense of belonging. You go out and create a community. 
But then what happens is the identity puts you as the leader of the community. So actually what can happen, not always, of course, but what can happen is as you become the leader of this community, you separate yourself by being the leader. So you, you play a slightly different game. There's slightly different rules for you or you isolate yourself because you feel like you're the one that's got to lead others or be, a, be an example. So you can actually cause a sense of lack of belonging in your own community when the desire is to belong. So the identity creates a reality that looks empowering, but it actually creates more of the, the very thing you don't want. And, and it's, a, it's a bit of a paradox because it's like, okay, if you're aware of that, you can shift it. And, and this, is, this is the power of the game. So that's one of my favorite examples because it shows how you can create something that's genuinely really amazing, genuinely really positive, genuinely really good, but it can actually create the same experience that you don't want. Hmm. I can totally relate to what you're saying. And, and it makes sense. And when I read it, it's like, okay, that's like actually like, yeah, that really, really, really makes sense in some of the examples. And it's like, it's, uh, it's quite eye-opening. So your, your, uh, your solution to that is like just to be aware of it and, and just to, to try to avoid that. So try to always belong, even though you are the leader or you are like, uh, you have separated yourself. You just like try to use the knowledge to your advantage, right? Absolutely. And a good way to do that is it's like, if you're feeling something unpleasant or unwanted, first step is recognize it. If there's unpleasant sensations in the body uh, and, and the, high, the more highly charged the emotion, the easier it is to recognize when you don't feel good. Right? So first of all, recognize it. And second of all, identify what it is. You know, maybe look, in, look up, a list of emotions and just start because because sometimes it's hard to actually understand how we feel so let's say you do feel like lonely or maybe you don't realize it's lonely maybe you just think oh i just don't feel good so when you identify okay actually it's lonely how i feel that's interesting i didn't realize it was lonely so then you identify exactly how you feel and then you can start to look at okay so where in my life do i feel lonely in what situations do i feel lonely so it's a process of of getting closer to the truth and what's really going on. So identify when you don't feel the way you want to feel. What is it? And then where in life do you feel like that? Because then you'll start to see the situations. And you might you might then say, oh, actually, that's interesting. Well, I still feel lonely when I'm doing my coaching groups. That's, that's strange. So then you can, first of all, you can identify the situations. And then the big question, and this is, this is the game changer, what identity am I wearing connected to that situation so in this example my coaching group and you might say the leader or or the coach and then all of a sudden it's like ha huh, now i understand that identity is creating that experience loneliness and it's playing out in that situation so all of a sudden this pattern that was playing out unconsciously is now conscious so it's like ah, oh, okay now i know it's there now i know where the pattern is now i can change it and then like you said it's like, ah, oh, now I can see it. It's like, okay, so how do I create the opposite experience? And it might be, okay, so create create a code of honor in the group where you become one of the, one of, you might lead the session still, but you might become more of a member as opposed to just the leader. And it changes the experience. And 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 that will show up in many areas. So that's that's the way to handle it. Okay. Good uh, good exercise to, to try for, uh, for this week. <laughs> Okay, and you spoke about also like a few a few self sabotage uh, precepts, right? 
Like uh, you said that the main six ones, they were, I am not good enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not worthy. I do not fit in or belong. Uh, I am a failure. Uh, and the sixth one is I am broken and not perfect. Do you like to speak about these a little bit or, or shall we move on? Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I mean, what I wanted to do, I mean, I mean, there are hundreds, there are thousands, everyone has lots of them. But after working with like so many people and studying it a lot as well, and, and some of this research came from Napoleon Hill as well. And the six main ones like that you just mentioned, they're generalized, but most people have those and they're all connected to a fear. I'm not good enough, for example, the fear of not being good enough to achieve what we want to achieve. And it's really important to understand this because what will play out is I am not good enough. And that's one I think most people that I've ever met carry that. So we'll then avoid situations where that could become the reality because what we're really doing is avoiding pain. So we're avoiding pain because pain equals death or illness to our mind. So if there's a situation where you really want to do it, it could be play a new sport. It could be become a speaker. It could be um, be a teacher. Maybe you want to be a teacher. That's one of your dreams. It could be anything. But there's an underlying fear of what if I'm not good enough? You'll actually avoid, unconsciously avoid going for what you really desire and what you want in case you aren't good enough and that fear becomes a reality. So I think it's just important to be aware of those self-sabotaging precepts and why you why you actually avoid them. Um yeah, I think that's it for that. Hmm. Okay. And then the next part of the chapter, you were talking a little bit about your journey to self-actualization and how you grew up with your dad as your hero. Uh, do you, do you want to just like share one quick lesson about that part? Yeah, I think, I think the big lesson, um, the big lesson for me was I mean, it is really what I've spoken about. It's it's the process of individuation, individuation, because I always grew up with this idea of I'm not good enough. And for me, my idea of good enough was successful. And everyone's idea of successful is different, of course. And, and by definition, the actual definition of success is knowing you're wanted and attaining your wanted. So if you want to be rich, then being rich is successful. If you want to be married and have children and a family, then that is success. So everyone's idea of success is different. And my idea of success in that at that time was to be the best I could be in an area. Like my dad was a drummer. He was a phenomenal drummer. And I saw him um, playing with some of the best in the world. And he was, he was teaching some of the best as well. He was brilliant. And so for me, but I, I, music wasn't really my thing. It was football. So for me, it was like, okay, I don't feel good enough. I love football. I want to be successful to feel good enough. So how do I do that? Well, I have to be professional. And that very idea, and I didn't understand at the time, it caused me so much unhappiness because the one, the sport that I loved, I loved playing so much and I had a lot of joy, but there was also a lot of pressure because the idea of like playing at the level I was playing at was never good enough. And it takes, it takes the joy out of life. So and the truth is, and, and none of it is true, right? Now, in fact, one of the big lessons I want to share with everyone listening is the biggest cause of suffering is the stories that we create in our own mind about how life should be. Because we have an expectation of life or, or we have an expectation on ourselves 
And then that exec, when, when the reality doesn't meet the expectation, it causes unhappiness. And of course, very rarely does the reality meet expectation because the, the expectation is a story we've made up based on who we think we should be or how life should be. So, you know, the big lesson here is, is to manage expectations, but it doesn't mean make less of yourself and make less of what you can achieve. It just means be aware of why you want something and where the expectation comes from. Because the moment I learned, I learned that that's not success. I actually managed to enjoy life more and, and, and the pressure of life melted away. And what I didn't, what I didn't re ever realize, of course, is I was the one creating the pressure. <laughs> and then after that, we are supposed like, so, so this chapter is mainly about just realizing the individuation process, right? It's not about like starting something new. It's not about like, like going to the next step. It's just like, about realizing how we are uh, individualizing or how, how, yeah, yeah, how do you say the word, how to become individuals and just like be aware of it and just like put ourselves in, in, and just like try to understand and see the different perspective of why we are doing that. But we are yeah. not, we're not talking at all about how to actually go into the next step, which is, which is like cleaning it, which is like starting new or understanding the true want, because like, I think there is a little bit more to do before you, because it's not easy to, to understand if you have like all these uh, desires and, uh, and wishes and stuff like that. Uh, and according to what you're saying is this is all coming down to one of your identities. So you need to basically just like clean that up to understand your true self. Right exactly that and that's so 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 important because an identity is always created to solve a problem in our life so if we are going for our wants or our dreams or our aspirations most of the time not all of the time of course most of the time people are working towards something they think they want when the deeper truth is it's not what they really want it's a goal that they've set in life because they think it's going to solve a problem in their reality which is then going to make them feel better. And that's a problem because, of course, when you start to move towards what you think you want, the drive and the motivation, the, the pain is no longer there as much as it was. So, of course, the drive and the motivation stops. You know, and, and everyone wants happiness. And, a, and, a, and that's what it's really about. And a, and a degree of happiness is getting what we want in life, whatever that is. And if we are going for things that we think we want, but they're not true desires, well, it's, it's actually going to be very hard to be happy. And, it, and you see it a lot. People go for their goals and then they enjoy them for a moment. And by moment, it could literally be a moment. It could be a month. It could be a six months. But it's a moment in time. And then, of course, there's another set of, an emptiness kicks in again. And then people don't understand it. They're like, ah, oh, well, I got what I want in life. I should be happy. And then we start beating ourselves up again because it's like, well, I've got, I'm so lucky. I've got so many things. I should be happy. And then I feel guilty because I'm not happy. And it's because we're not really going for what we want. And it's because we don't really know who we are. And that's what this chapter is really about. That's what it is. It's about not, and this is, this, is, this is the funny part. It's not actually about finding out who we are. It's really about understanding who we are not and letting go of that part. And it looks the same on the surface, but it's very, very different. So it's about understanding who we are not. And it's about letting those parts of us go. And it's, one of the most challenging experiences of life because when we melt when we allow parts of ourselves that we've 
that have attached to us for so long to let go, we, we kind of, it feels like we're losing part of ourselves. So the process can feel, it can cause feeling lost and it can be quite scary. For me, it was really scary. I, I struggled with it. But the other side of it is just so fulfilling. So it's, it's, that's what it's really about. Okay. All right. And do you have an exercise for us this week to do? Is there uh, like a certain thing that we need to work on and exercise? Like every time we, every session we had so far, we did like a certain exercise. What's the one for this one? If you have one. Yeah, I absolutely do. And and this is part of a, a process that I run with my clients and it's to remove any limiting beliefs. So it's a set of questions that you can run. So first of all, it's um, look at the area, find out the area that you want to get better at or you want to find happiness or whatever it is. So, um, you know, let's just take, let's take money as an example. And I say money because everyone can relate to it. It's something I think everyone has in their lives. So ask the, connect, ask the question, connected to money, what beliefs do I have about myself? So find the area and then ask the question, connected to money, what beliefs do I have about myself? And just write them down and you'll capture them because thoughts will come up. Don't analyze the thought just so you might instantly, the root, like um, I'm not worthy of receiving money. Let's take that for example. It might come up and then, so just write it down and then you might say, well, I am worthy. And, this, and then you start having this game with yourself. If that came up, trust me, it's a belief. You might, you might not want to accept it is, but it is. So, so just... So just allow that to be what it is, write the belief down, and then ask yourself this question. Does the precept, I am not good enough to receive money, create an image or a vision? And if it does, allow that vision to come up and just describe it, okay? And then the next question is this, it's how does, I am not good enough to receive money, so how does the belief manifest in your presence time? Ask yourself, and the reason that this question is so important is because when you start to realize, oh, that's the belief I have, and oh, now I can start to see it showing up in life, you start to see the patterns. You start to, you start to become aware of the patterns, not only the belief, but the pattern. So, okay, well, it shows up because actually every time I, uh, a new client comes my way, I find a way to be busy. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I did that. So start, start to identify, you know, where in life does this show up? And then ask yourself this question. What have been or could be the consequences of having that belief? Because when you get clear on the consequences, as you start to unravel the consequences, what happens is as you start to unravel and you start to consciously see the reality that the belief and the identity creates. When you see the reality, you start to pull it out of yourself and you start to see it for what it is. So it's a very, very simple set of questions. Just as a very quick recap, it's, you know, what precepts do I have about or from the thing being addressed? Does the precept belief create an image or a vision? Describe it. How does the belief manifest in your presence time? And then what have been or could be the consequences of having that? Very, very simple process, very quick, but it will be profound. Okay, nice. Okay, and next episode, do you want to give us like a snippet what we're going to talk about? Absolutely. So in the next episode, we are going to talk about a flowing structure, how to move into a state of flow. And I'm going to give you an exercise to do that as well. And think of it like this. It's like how to get lucky on purpose consistently. <laughs> how to get lucky on purpose consistently. So you're going to tell yes. us that next time. 
exactly that yeah interesting okay <laughs> looking forward to that all right anything we'd like to add before we end our uh, podcast for today no i just want to say thank you to everyone that's listening and i just want to remind as i always do you're, you're more powerful than you've ever been led to believe and thank you for being you thank you aaron uh, have a nice day and thank you everybody for listening to the self mastery podcast see you guys next week on another uh, episode and have a great day thank you bye Thank you.